Friends, you may be seated. I have opened up in my copy of God's Word, Ephesians 5. And for almost a year now, we've been walking through Paul's letter to his friends in Ephesus. And we're going to continue in a a spirit of prayer and a a spirit of seeking the presence and glory of the Lord in this place very intentionally. And it's not because we just want to make up a a one-off Sunday morning because it's the, the day before or the weekend before Thanksgiving. But truly, as a church family, this is where God has us. We've been journeying through Paul's letter to the Ephesians, and here we are coming to a break almost um, um, to the end of chapter 5, and it talks about giving thanksgiving to the Lord. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss that. I don't want to allow the culture around me to, to captivate me. I don't want the, the suggestions of secular society around me to sweep me away, but I want the Scripture and the Savior of the Scripture to wreck me and to completely have His way with me. And we hope this setting, this adjustment in our routine of schedules would offer you that opportunity as well. And so we've been walking through the book of Ephesians, and and what we've seen from the very beginning is God's heart is always set toward the greatness of His presence and glory. From before laying the foundations of the earth and, and now all the way through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, ascending to the right hand of the Father. And now as we're in the, the church age, waiting for Jesus to return, waiting for the new heavens and the new earth, God's heart is still set about the greatness of his presence and glory. But the most incredible thing about that is his design is that the showcasing of his presence and glory would be on full display Through those who are connected to Jesus and one another. Just think about that. The God of all creation has designed life that we know today with this desire for him to showcase his presence and glory. For his presence just to manifest in undeniable, ever-increasing ways through us as believers who are connected to Jesus. And specifically through us who have a committed belonging in the local church. I make a big deal about that, not to give influence or or weight to the sermons we've been walking through, but I give that as a reminder this morning. If that's God's heart, our hearts should be stirred by that too. We should be seeking nothing less, nothing other than His presence and His greatness and His goodness and His glory. We have a God who's great and and so kind that he offers us gifts as the Father of lights and he answers prayers. But the greatest thing he has ever given us and the the most worthy of things we could seek are not the the things he gives us, but the presence of himself. Amen? Okay, you're warming up. And if we don't do anything else, we want to do that. We want to seek his presence and we want to seek God's heart here in chapter 5 of Ephesians is set towards showcasing his greatness through people connected to Jesus and one another. In chapter 5, verse 8, speaks to this desire of God to reflect his glory through us. Paul wrote to his friends in Ephesus in verse 8, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. We've been taken out of the grave. Death has been defeated. We've been brought into glorious light, and now we are children of light, light in the Lord. So Paul says, walk as children of the light. 
And really that reminder, it has everything to do with where we've been the last couple weeks. Pastor Garrett brought a great sermon from God's Word last week about what it looks like to be filled with the Spirit. And if God's going to showcase and, and demonstrate His presence and glory through our lives as He desires and as He deserves, our walking as children of the light requires us to be daily filled with the Spirit. So I'm going to read for you chapter 5, verses 15 to 21. This is what God's Word says. Look carefully, then, how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Walking as children of light, walking as sons and daughters of the King who reflect the greatness and the glory and the goodness of our Heavenly Father, calls for us to be filled with the Spirit. He says, don't be drunk with wine. Don't be intoxicated by things of this world, be it alcohol, be it drugs, be it unhealthy relationships. Don't be intoxicated with your own pride or your own greed. Don't be intoxicated with lust of the flesh. But be intoxicated by the Spirit of the living God whose power raised Jesus from the dead, and who lives inside of you as a believer and desires to raise you from the deadness of your grave daily until Christ comes again. So what we want to do in seeking his presence and his glory this morning is we want to look at what's perhaps intoxicating us right now. Part of our rhythm as a church family, every Wednesday, the first Wednesday of every month, excuse me, we gather here for K1 Praise and we seek the presence and the glory of the Lord because there's nothing better, nothing more worthy of our investment. And it begins cultivating an intimacy with the Lord and it begins by us confessing who we are before the Lord. And in case you're wondering, we are royally messed up, y'all. We look good this morning. Some of you even smell pretty good. Amen, right? We can amen to that. But we are broken. We are fragile. We are weak. We are desperately in need of the Lord. But what happens most often is life gets going so well and so fast, we forget how desperate we truly are for him. So I want to offer an opportunity right now. We have some things on this, the slides. We're just going to sit. We're going to have some music playing in the background. And you're going to have an opportunity of confession, of consecration, really allowing the Spirit to set you apart and confessing those hindrances and distractions of your life so that we as a collective bride here might find our hearts in a posture where we are open and ready for the presence of the Lord. And so we're going to go through a time of confession. The music's going to play, and we're going to have some prompts on the screen for you to consider and allow the Spirit to search. I'm going to read two verses for you real quick, and we're going to walk through this. Psalm chapter 139. And you might, maybe this is helpful for you to lean into as you're walking through some of the prompts, but Psalm 139, 
verses 23 to 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So Heavenly Father, that's our prayer right now is that your spirit would move and reveal things in our lives that are obstacles, are distractions from us seeking you. And Spirit, we ask that you would make these things known to us as we walk through these prompts on the screen and that we might confess them to you and trust them to you. We give you this time in Jesus' name. I mean, guys, we're going to take three or four minutes on this first slide, and I just invite you to, to meditate through these and think through them. And as the Spirit reveals things in your life, confess them to the Father and give them to Him. Matthew 11, our Lord and Savior said, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Would you continue to give the Spirit opportunity? to unload these burdens that you were never meant to carry and continue to confess these to the Lord that he might have direct access to us with no hindrance, no distraction, no sin. We'll take this next slide and give the Spirit time on these as well.
our relationship with the Lord works and balance with his word and spirit is that we confess our brokenness before him and we're reminded just how desperately we need to depend upon him in all aspects of living. And as we do that, we, we feel lowly, we, we feel just overwhelmed perhaps by our pride, by our greed, by our lust, by our sin, by our just frailties of life. But what God's word leaves us with then is, is not a heaviness of burden, but in Christ Jesus, especially when we confess who we are, we are then so graciously reminded about who he is. And that's what Paul talks about at the end of chapter 5. Singing with hymns and psalms to one another. And verse 20 says this. Giving thanks always. And for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. We see in a familiar passage in the Old Testament. Lamentations chapter 3. Verses 20 to 26. Say this, my soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Well, what do we call to mind that results in us having hope, especially in our sinful ways? It's this, verse 22, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. God doesn't care about your past to condemn you. God cares about your past so he can so radically, undeservedly lavish his mercy and grace on you today. And you might be here this morning as an unbeliever or a faith that's shaky and you need to be reminded of that. But listen, Christian, if you've been a believer for decades, you too equally need to be reminded of that this morning. His steadfast love toward you never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord's good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It's good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. So what I'd invite you to allow the Spirit to do during this time, as we've confessed the reality of ourselves before a holy, almighty God, I want to invite you, based on God's Word, to allow the reality of who God is, even though we deserve condemnation, allow the Spirit to now redirect your focus and your attention to gratitude. The reality is His mercies are new every morning. And the reality is, whether you realize it or not, you desperately need those mercies every morning. And he lavishes them on you. So before we sing a couple more songs, I want to invite you just over the next minute, minute and a half, would you identify two or three things in your life that you are so thankful for because of Jesus? What the Word of God says here is, thank you God that your steadfast love never ceases. Thank you God that Although I deserve wrath and condemnation, your mercies are new every morning. Thank you that daily you withhold the punishment I deserve. And thank you that daily you show yourself 
faithful. Friends, at this time, let's take 90 seconds or so and let's just identify two or three areas in our lives where we just say, thank you, God, for. And let's give that back to him and then we'll collectively sing praises to him through worship. So let's take a moment now and do just that.